Hello and welcome to Inside the Firm. I am your host, Alex Gore, with our other host, Lance Psycho. How's it going? I'm the other host. Yeah, it's going well. Room. Yeah. So this is a firm uh, inside look into a business. It's two principals talking about architecture, development, um, and, and basically the, the ins and outs of, of how to run a business. So welcome to Inside the Firm. Lance, co-host, other host, kick us off. So I have a, <clears throat> I want to kick us off with a story uh, that happened earlier this week. It was actually a funny status I ended up sharing on my personal Facebook page. Uh, so <clears throat> I got a referral from a from a client, we did a custom house for them, and they referred us to a contractor. And this is a story about dealing with people. So this is a story about a contractor, but it's about dealing with people. Correct. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play the role of the contractor. Uh, so I, what I did was I met I met I met with this contractor down on the site, and he uh, he was acting as the representative for the client. It was for a restaurant. So I'm going to play the the role of the contractor. And Alex is going to play the role of me. Okay, so 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 since you were there, you know what the contractor says, <laughs> and then you're going to pretend like I am coming into this meeting. Yep. So you're yep. Po- so Al, you're driving down. Hey, I'm Al Gore. Probably listen to a stupid podcast or jo- something like that. Sponsored by Jacko Podcast. <laughs> Shout out Jacko Podcast. <laughs> you pull up into the parking lot, and you see a big burly guy. And not he's he's, he's probably only like five nine something like that, but pretty 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 built up dude. Okay. You think I know the jujitsu? And your MEP engineer is there actually. as well, and he, uh, so he's already he's already meeting with the contractor. You're five minutes late because you're Lance. That yeah. happens. Yep. So <clears throat> you walk up to me, we shake hands. Hey, how's it going? I'm, I'm I'll be myself. I'm Alex. Hey, I'm a so and so contractor. A good, whatever. good thing and you didn't put that. And he goes, hey, he goes, well, uh, you know, thanks for coming down. Uh, you're here today to meet with to meet with me because uh, the other architects they just came in. The other architects numbers came in way 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 too high. Way too high. Oh, okay. Um, just so we're in the same ballpark, do you mind me asking, where did they come in at? Excuse me? Where did their price come in at? Why, why, would, I, why would I tell you the price? That's not fair to your competitors. That's unethical. Why would I, why would I do that? If, 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 if this is the way the meeting is going to go. We're just, just going to be done with this meeting. We're going to be done with this meeting, sir. Okay. <laughs> uh, just to let you know, you told me you brought me here. Because you're concerned about the price. If you want the answer to that question, hey, if you're gonna keep me, if you if that's the attitude you're gonna give me, we can just end this meeting right here. Absolutely, I have other things to do. Good to meet you, sir. I'm on my way. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get that. Uh, I. That was awesome. That's what I want to do. <laughs> if only my voice was <laughs> more manly. It's not. Uh, <laughs> so honestly, you told <laughs> that is not. <laughs> so that was, by the way, that was a good reenactment. I'm going to give credit here to Al. It's a good reenactment by Al, but it was also a terrible reenactment because I didn't do that. And I, think, <laughs> and I think I should have done that. I think I should have done that. Yeah, but I don't think, I don't know if I would have done that. I don't know if I would have done that. I don't know. I wish. You, as we all know, some, surprisingly, sometimes your uh, patience is not, you don't have any. Yeah. Like all of us, like out of nowhere, all of a sudden you won't have any patience. So and then it's like, whoa, who, who am I dealing with today? Like this isn't regular Al. Yeah. I, I think my fuse is really long. But it, but it's where your fuse is visible. <laughs> you, I have a. Everybody knows where to light the firework off. Yeah. So then I think you're right though. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, my fuse hit the dynamite, and I'm just I'm done. I'm done with <laughs> you. Normally students get the short end of the stick. Like, get off the yeah, stage. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. Yeah. I, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Sit down. Yeah. I'm not dealing. Yeah. You're not dealing with it. Yeah. Or in the army, that used to happen too. Really. Yeah. So yeah, that so it did not go like that. So what I what I ended up doing was, <clears throat> I I backtrack a little bit when he's you know when this contractor said that, which I think is what I would have probably like. Uh, what? Yeah. So I backtrack a little bit and I said, okay, all right. And I tried to I tried to make a joke, and something to to the tune of, oh well, you know, uh, other people you know or sometimes uh, tell me the price. Some people don't. I've had a few people doing this and that or whatever. And, and for people who can't see us, we're, we need to get on YouTube. You're doing nice hand gestures like, oh, oh, you know, like uh, opening up yep, your body Yep, you're backing language. up. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so Ex- it was matching the tone. Nice. Exactly. Uh, so <laughs> the meeting continued and I got, so that was, you know, after I asked the pricing question, I got a death, death glare. I'm not joking. It wasn't, there was an awkward 10, 20 seconds of just death glare. Yep. It was so weird. If that's the way you're going to be, we can end that's this meeting. The, that's the way you're going to be. Ah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, sounds good. 
I, I know, I know. I and then know. Hey, our engineer, I want to say, want to go get some lunch or something? Yeah. Like, apparently we got time. <laughs> <laughs> so then the meeting continued and there were two, no less than two more death glares that happened. It squinty was, eyes, forehead, brow coming down. Squinty eyes and like us just not, you could tell. Uh, so he's an alpha, I'm an alpha. And you could tell like we could, he, we could not, neither of us could let it get out of our craw whatsoever. Yeah. So I finished the meeting. And I immediately called my engineer who was there with me and he, and I said, or actually I texted him and I said, Hey Eric, give me a call when you can. Um, as soon as you can. Sure enough, he calls me right away and he goes, Hey, uh, let's go, let's sit down and have some coffee. Cause I, I, I could tell Eric was also not impressed and Eric had actually met him before or something like that is what he told me. Didn't work for him and said it did not go well. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, you maybe uh, don't have to get into details. Yeah, he did some work for him or whatever. But like, well, the, don't, I'll, I'll, the only detail I'll say about it is that also during the meeting, he throws my, our engineer under the bus for a different project and just calls him out like, in, in not, not that Eric did anything wrong, actually. Eric, Eric, if anything, he did like a better job than minimum code for this other project, but just to see him instantly start throwing people on a bus was like, Oh my God, you're like, I, the, the, you're wearing everything on your sleeve right now. I can see right through you contractor, dude, this is going to be a nightmare. Yep. And in Colorado it takes about, so this was a, this was a, we were meeting on, on undeveloped sites. So it was raw land. So you know, it's going to be site plan review. Yeah. So, you know, we're looking at God, uh, maybe 18 months, maybe 18 months yeah. at the quickest to get through uh, building construction, permitting, site plan review, all that crap. Like it is going to be a little marriage. I yeah. said this over and over again. These these freaking contracts are little marriages. Yeah. So l- let's get broad with this. Y- you basically try to make light of it and then push through. Um, so I, I just, but let's wrap it up and then we'll make it broad. Okay. Okay. I got pulled over, met with, met with, met with our engineer. And I said, I won't work with assholes. And I just, there was no way to put that. I'm like, I will not work with jerks it's too it's too like it's just too short we've been there and done that so finished that little talk with him got back in my truck wrote the email to the contractor and said we're not interested in the project thanks and that was it Mm -hmm. haven't heard back good this is going to be interesting our best and worst advice almost has something to do with this so last week it really aligned but i don't know hopefully whatever yeah you'll 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 get to see and react zoom out Forty thousand foot perspective on this going yep uh, because I, I've dealt, I don't know how many professions listen to this. Um, I'm sure there's swearing and there's swearing from contractors and I get the general swearing. You, one of my dad's advice was, Hey, let's stop, stop the swearing at the professional level. So, you know, in the office, we really don't do it. Sometimes, uh, contractors seem more like army people to me, Meaning, like, there's literally you're just dealing with 50 dudes working. That's what the army is, right? Oh, in that in so, that way, yeah, sure. There might be swearing out on the job site, but it's more in the, hey, what the how how the hell are you doing? You know, but yeah. with the swear word. And Dan, it, it, hell the hell are you? How the hell are you, Dan? It's a great day. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I feel like okay, that's okay. But then once they come start coming at you in an in aggressive way with swearing. And I think this probably, or, or just their attitude or just saying, not even swearing, but if that's how it's going to be, we can just not stop the conversation here. What would be your advice is, Hey, if you don't want to, if you don't want to work with these people, just don't, or just kind of power through and just see if, because sometimes, sometimes you, me, anyone can say something weird and it hits someone the wrong way, or they just don't understand. I've had that where people are talking to me. I'm like, what are you talking about? What it, oh, and I, I've even, um, one guy, the conversation on the phone, this wasn't for work. It was personal, was not going well. And then he, uh, and I told him like, I have to go. I cannot talk to you anymore. You know, whatever. I, I said something like that. And it wasn't mainly the best. And then, uh, I said, and then I kept saying, but I will. And the phone hung up and then he emailed me and said something. And I go, I don't deal with people who hang up on me. And, and he goes, um, he says, Oh no, I, sorry, I didn't. I, I stopped hearing you. Like I couldn't hear anything. I thought, I thought you already, you already went or, or or something like that. So uh, what I'm saying is that (laughs) there can be miscommunications. Absolutely. Right. Yep. Yep. Misinterpretations. Right. 
I don't know. Is this just a? Is there any takeaway from this? Is there any takeaway from you? Yes. Is there- Do what Alex did in the reenactment. No yeah. questions asked. I'm dead serious. Yeah. I'm dead serious. I think the the other thing to add to this story was the, the contractor was going to be the owner's representative, <clears throat> which can happen, right? Like the yeah. contractor can be, or the architect can be, or they could have a third party, whatever. Yeah. But they were going to be they were going to be a the owner's representative because the owners didn't speak any English whatsoever. It was just Spanish, yeah. and we've had we've had a couple um, clients before where uh, either the husband only spoke Spanish and then the the wife would speak was bilingual, and then the other way we circumvented that because we have so many we have so many Hispanic uh, a large Hispanic population in, in Colorado and and his clients that are Hispanic yep. is we actually had an employee who was bilingual. Not, not so much anymore. Like one of our guys kind of is. So there was that red flag where it was like, oh, how am I going to meet these clients' expectations in a, where nobody can translate to them? Like we don't yes. have our translator at F9 anymore. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of don't like when there's a middleman, for, for me anyway, the, the, a middleman between the client and us and all that. But the bigger one was just the attitude. Just that if you can somehow get that red flag pulled out right away, yep. walk away. Because again, this is a minimum, this is just permitting two years of your life, then probably construction another year, then defects for another seven. Like, why? Why Why deal with that? So do exactly what Al did. Just yep. see ya. <laughs> see ya. <laughs> and then go get a coffee afterwards or something. Treat yourself to that Treat, a little extra yep. time that you bought yourself. Because I even felt robbed. I was driving back and I was like, this robbed three hours of my life. Yep. The... The some people might object and say, "What if it's a huge contract? What if it, you know, it's really, really big?" I would say, "Well, then with a huge contract becomes more responsibility, which means more communication, more coordination, and you want to coordinate and communicate with that guy." No. And first time something goes wrong on the job site, I can't even imagine. So first time something doesn't work out from the drawings to construction, somebody misinterprets something, whatever. Oh yep. my God, I can't even imagine how how terrible it's going to be. Yep. Would have been. And then also, hey, if I don't get this one opportunity, you know, I'm, I'm going to lose that opportunity. Let's say it was a big commercial development. Nope. If, you, if he was going to consider you for that, and if it wasn't just because you were a cheap, you know, like the cheapest firm, which you shouldn't be the cheapest firm if you're dealing with an a-hole because you should pad, pad it in. Yeah. Put then, the a-hole fee in there. The a-hole fee. Then um, know that, hey, it's going to come. Another, another thing is going to come. Right. I think yeah, just gonna... honestly, I think there is something to trusting your gut at the end of the day. Like it was, it was an obvious gut decision for me. I was just like, this is just terrible. It was hard to plow through that meeting. Yeah. I really regret not just doing, doing what you did. It, and then because I almost went, if it was so much money, like, okay, would it have to be so much well, that we'd it, hire another guy to make sure that he's on it? And then I'm like, do we want to put someone else through that? And then, oh, exactly. You want, do we want to run one of our guys through that gamut? Yeah. So you, you, you mentioned, well, you're trying to play devil's advocate and like to, to the listeners and saying some of them, what, what if it's about money? Well, for us, if I'm playing devil's advocate, that would have been our first ground up restaurant, which is huge for us because like we need that portfolio piece. You know, yep. we're trying to get, we're trying to build our commercial. So it was a little, it was a, you know, I, I did weigh that part, but it yep. totally the, the jerk attitude and all that just completely outweighed it. Yeah. Not I, worth it. Not worth it. And maybe the answer is uh, build up the fundamentals and marketing and back- backlog of your business so that you don't have to be forced to take that situation. Exactly. And economies can ruin that. Last thing, last thing, and we can move on to the next thing was this is why I don't buy referrals. I, I buy referrals only as far as th- I don't buy them that they're 100%. Oh, it's a referral. So it's going to be the greatest client ever versus the client you get off the, off the internet from house or whatever. Yeah. I don't buy it. I don't yeah. buy it. Not purchasing it. It's a perfect Unpurchased. example. Yep. Didn't Return. Returned. Stop. <laughs> yep. Um, I think that segues into what we're doing at our firm about dealing with, with eight holes. So, right? Is that where we're going next? Yeah. So, we have an accountant who is awesome. Shout out, accountant. <laughs> you know who you are <laughs> if you're listening. Uh, she's great. And she's our, well, she, to, to clarify, she's, she's, a, she's, a book, she's our bookkeeper. Bookkeeper. And she's she's paramount to what we do because they're the bigger we're not big we're a small firm but the more the bigger we do get and the more revenue we do get and we've been that's the way it's been going is we're finding that we need somebody that we can just say please pay this invoice please he, he, oh, we're gonna hire a new ten ninety nine on yeah. Friday or today today 
and you know, can you deal with the W nine and all that other stuff? But then also double checking when we get stuff like um, you don't even know about this, but you used to do this all the time. Uh, you put the check in your personal account just by uh, you know by accident. I yep. just did that, but I just emailed Penny, and even if I didn't, because I emailed her the check before I even put it in, and she's like, "Where's this thousands of dollars that you're supposed to put in?" <laughs> you know, she like, and dealing with the government because we know the government can come and look at our books and all that stuff. It, it, it just needed. That's Gestapo. Gestapo government. <laughs> Anyways, um, we have to work. Our bookkeeper works with a professional tax. We'll just call them tax people. Yeah. And we haven't had the best relationship with them. So we decided to interview some other tax people just because we don't want Penny to deal with people she doesn't like to. Yeah. Because why not? Why? So I think, th- yeah, there's something to that, right? People like to work. People like to hire people they want to work with, that they're friendly with. People like to, uh, whether it's an employee or, or a firm or anything like that. So mm-hmm. it, that is a good segue. And that's what we're doing. We're trying to align ourselves with the right people. Don't align. Don't, uh, try not to. Uh, whatever you do, don't do the misalignments. Good God. Yeah. Don't do misalignments. And then also, I know everyone can't do this. Have a dual-headed firm. Because some people just might not mess with other people. Because I'm thinking two of our big whales, at initially you didn't like, but then helped propel us because I could deal with them. And yep. then actually two of our other big whales, um, I couldn't deal with. Yes. Uh, at all. Just as a... Uh, I always compliment you in saying detail, but I'll say like on a dorkiness level. On I a dorkiness level. not handle that one bit. <laughs> 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 I don't even want to think of... <laughs> a nerdy a nerdy engineering level. Right? So That's pretty much it. it. Yep. It works yep. out. Yep. I yeah, agree. that is crazy. Because we got... I agree. Yeah. You know, I was talking with this... So this is a tangential thing, but I was talking with this other... This messaging back and forth um, on Facebook with this other architect who's a, single, a sole proprietor. And this is one of the reasons why he didn't... He said he couldn't go after like leads on from from the internet like, you know whether it's just a google lead and whatever houses or whatever and uh it's because he's a sole proprietor so for to all those sole proprietors out there who are doing it and made it happen and expanding you guys are awesome you guys are totally awesome i don't yeah. know i don't honestly like i because alex and i say this all the time like dude could not do this we, i don't think we'd be expanding like the way we are yeah. uh if we didn't have the dual-headed dragon right so it's a good thing so if you can if you can make it happen make it happen and actually i, I was even i met with uh two interior designers in the past couple of weeks and one of them was tr- looking to make the move that we did. She's like, I want to partner up with somebody. She's like, she's like it's, I feel like it's the only way I can ever start multiple, multiple. Wait, was this architect? Interior designer? Interior designer. Yep. One that I know? Nope. One that you don't know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So, there you go. Uh, in good news, <laughs> ah. we got, uh, we've had, I have, from on my side of the firm, I have had two Sets of plans go through building departments lately with no comments. Yeah, I think that's a round, I think that's a round of applause. That's unheard of down here in Colorado. Anyway, North, it, North Dakota, we had a garage or a convenience store go through with zero comments, which was insane because like, so there's just no EPA whatsoever. We're not worried about nothing. You know what's so funny? So I was talking to Enoch Sears uh, a couple days ago. Uh, Go listen to his podcast, uh, Why Am I Blame? Business of Architecture. And he was talking about uh, some guy that he knows listened to our, when we were on his podcast, and he goes, hey, I have some unsolicited advice for you guys. And he's like, you don't have to take it. And he said, "Where we said we raise our fee for inflation. You should raise your fee because you've learned more. Oh, too. okay. You know, like mm-hmm. keep increasing it. Mm-hmm. And why it goes back to... You know, getting these permit sets. I was going to say I haven't had one since back in the day. Be, during the recession, it was yeah, far yeah, more. Yeah, you common. said like you said like two hours or two two, two years ago. Maybe. Two years ago, you had one go through. Yep, and then and then even back before that, I had more, but it was more you know three, four, five years ago. And and the relationship to increasing fees because of our experience, it's not like we've gotten worse at doing drawings. It's <laughs> you know, it's not like we haven't been better at detailing, making sure all of our ducks in a row. But yet somehow. Throughout time, the going through you know the city has only gotten worse. worse. So who's getting worse? Who's getting worse? Yeah. So the question C- it's is, you, cities. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to leave you guys hanging. That was not a code question, by the way. That was yeah. just a general question. Yeah. Yep. It's you, city. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's gotten then, crazier. Dan, Dan, man, Denver had a Denver had a streak 
and I'm talking Denver proper, had a streak of two years. We were we were, we were it was it, we were ready for like a routine set of comments coming back. Yep. So then we would you know on the next house or edition or whatever we were doing, we would we would already address those typical comments we got back, and then they were less and less and less. And then this last set, it has been a bloodbath. Just brand new people coming in and just just wiping the board with everything. Here's here's a question for you. So you know how much I love lawyers. Um, actually, the ones I meet, I really like. It's yeah, just, I was going to say, what? <laughs> I, I, I thought like they were going to say open space. <laughs> uh, don't trigger me. Don't trigger me right now. We're trying to stay in focus. Um, you can't sue anyone unless you've been, unless it's affected you, uh-huh. right? So a lot of times red lines, it's hard to get money back for red lines from the city because they argue the, the developer, hey, you should have taken care of some of these, right? So if, if somehow you could prove, um, because rural towns and rural states, it goes, permits go through much, much easily, yep. right? And if you could say, hey, they built, uh, you know, a thousand structures and all these, and you guys, and we'll take a thousand of your structures, and the failure rate, the death rate, the poison rate is all the same. And, and why it's all the same is because, you know, we draw it correctly. They, they're using the same building materials. They're using it's lumber. Changing, they're using yeah. hardy. They're using, you know, it's the same stuff in, in, in both areas. And then sue the cities and say, you have caused us harm because we aren't able to um, charge our clients for all this. And you are making us lose lots of money. Class action lawsuit, the AIA versus every city in America. Get it done. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. I wonder how, how much of a, God, how much money would that take to run that metric to figure, uh, to figure it out? Yeah. And then prove too. Uh, you can't probably be as aesthetics is is subjective, but there's a in Denver. I mean, those are public world. records. You could pull. You could just say somehow. Well, how much? Like maybe I bet you could. I bet if you just had enough money to hire somebody for a week to do all the investigation, then another week to compile all the stuff together, and then another week to formalize everything. I bet three weeks of paying somebody to do it could yeah. get it done. An independent study. Well, it could just get you um, the information. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think, well, I don't know. What would you be looking for? You'd be looking for building permits pulled, right? And then you'd be looking for like, somehow you'd have to figure out. Well, fire has, puts out their, every fire district puts out their statistics of what has burned down, how much property damage it is. Perfect. What year it happened. Perfect. So that's fire. Mm-hmm. Um, man, a collapse of a structure. Uh, normally we see it in the news because someone it doesn't, it just b- doesn't happen that often like that balcony. And normally it's because the balcony or you dig too close to another person's foundation and you collapse it. Yeah. You don't shore it. Yeah. Somebody jump on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can, we'll be uh co plaintiff. No co whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next up we have a special segment. Yes. And it's, uh, is it from our best friend? It's from, it's from our, it's from one of our best friends. Yeah. Nicholas. Yep. From Dig Architecture. Yeah, Nicholas, uh, Nicholas James Renard. And uh, this segment will be called Nicholas Reads. So here we go. All right. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. To follow our excerpts from The Architecture of Happiness by Elaine D. Baton. My apologies to the author if I mispronounced your name. While the common reaction to seeing a thing of beauty is to want to buy it. Our real desire may not be so much to own what we find beautiful as to lay permanent claim to the inner qualities in bodies. Owning such an object may help us realize our ambition of absorbing the virtues to which it alludes. But we ought not to presume that those virtues will automatically or effortlessly begin to rub off on us through tenure. Endeavoring to purchase something we think beautiful may in fact be the most unimaginative way of dealing with the longing it excites in us just as trying to sleep with someone might be the bluntest response to the feeling of love. What we seek at the deepest level is inwardly to resemble rather than physically possess the objects and places that touch us through their beauty. Bad architecture is in the end as much a failure of psychology as of design. It is an example expressed through materials of the same tendencies which in other domains will lead us to marry the wrong people, choose inappropriate jobs, and book unsuccessful holidays. The tendency is not to understand who we are and what will satisfy us. 
Well, that's all for now. Toodles. Start off. <laughs> so I'm glad. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the toodles uh, from our best friend, Nicholas. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you think? Pretty heady. Uh, so you, you tell me. Okay. So the main thing I thought about that is we probably stole this or, or, or we intuitively know it. What we try to tell our students is that their inner process and their inner whoever they are reflects. Ref- is a, yeah, it, yeah. The reflection is going to come out in what you do. Yeah, and sure. it, it hit so hard the first time we taught. Um, the end of the semester, we, a week before the final presentations, we basically said, okay, you guys are on your own. You're with the TAs. And then they created renderings and everything. And man, did who they were just show through in their architecture. And, and it was, it was absolutely even when they, <clears throat> even when they would go to present, even when they would go to present and you would see their mannerisms and everything, it would all, it would all come through. Yeah. Every single time. So maybe the takeaway from there is, um, you know, you could say work on yourself, but you could also say, what if you looked at your architecture or your drawings or what you create and you understood more about yourself, you know, um, then the- does that happen to you? I don't know. I've, uh, Nicholas just read that beautiful piece to us. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I would say so. I'd say so. Because I think my architecture is cool, but then there'll be something really kooky and weird. And I think that's who I am. That's what Alex is. He's, he's cool, but he's kooky and weird. Okay. Right, thanks for backing that up, <laughs> buddy. Uh, the other thing, just because I've, I've read that whole book too, uh, he talked about the history of architecture in it. Like that's how he set it up. And... What was cool is that, you know, everyone thinks styles, where did styles come from? And he laid out how styles come from society. So it's a reflection of society, but then it's about a reflection of what a society can do. So if you had architecture that was mainly, you know, um, in the beginnings, it was very local. So your architecture was the stones that you could get or the wood that you could get. And the revelation was now it's become weird because you aren't relegated towards what you can find in Colorado because if you were relegated here, everyone would have stones from the quarry, some trees from there. And like, that would be it. But since everything can go from all over the place, you get buildings in downtown Denver that looks like buildings in LA that looks like buildings in Shanghai and all that. So it's, so again, it's not just a reflection of you. It's a reflection of the technology of your, your society. And that can happen in a bad way, right? So there's a skyscraper that's famous in Denver. It's called the cash register building. Yes. And that was designed originally for Dallas. And then they said, ah, well, let's just put it in Denver. Yep. No bueno. Because people have been killed walking around the building because we get so much, we get like. Describe the shape, the shape of the roof. So it looks like. um, A cash register? Yeah, cash register in in the sense of it has two half half arcs that meet each other. Think um, 1940s, 50s, it's a wonderful life. Where it's that round where you're typing and it pops out. Yes. So one th- side is that round and then the other side is like a reflection of that round. So yep. the same thing. But we get so much, we get in, we get snowstorms down here where it's like 12 to 24 inches within a 24 hour period. It's pretty crazy. And then it all melts or whatever. But the snow then, you know, fell right off on the ground from, I don't know, I think uh, how tall it was like 50 stories, 50 stories up and then kill people. Yeah. So sometimes uh, <laughs> don't do that <laughs> don't do that yeah there you go the other thing um and i'll leave you this because I, I think i think if you're interested you should read the book again it's the architecture of happiness you can find it everywhere is he was talking about the opposite now you know how we said it was reflection but he goes in times of uh big change so world war ii um art almost did the opposite so like if everything was chaotic, you wouldn't want like a chaotic, if you were in war, you don't want a chaotic piece of art that's all over the place. You want something clean and simple. And if life is all peachy and everything's great, then you might put up a chaotic piece of architecture so that you get that dichotomy. And, 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 and he was, obviously he did all of his research. So like he, he paired movements with what was happening in society. And I don't know if this contradicts his point because I haven't read this book in probably eight years. Um, but he says there's an opposite effect sometimes too. Does right. that make sense? Well, people people don't like to be told what I mean. It's a simple boils down to this: people don't like to be told what to do. Yeah. So then they do the opposite. Yeah. Right. And it makes sense in World War II. Do you want to look at a crazy Jackson Pollock? You're like, there's enough. I don't even have walls. <laughs> no walls. No. Barely any food. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You want to set up the next segment? 
What is the next segment? <laughs> Our best and worst advice. Oh, okay. Uh, I'll leave it at that. It's uh, my college roommate, Justin Miedema. I introduce him in the segment. Hey, everyone. Uh, I'm here with my good friend, Justin Miedema, and my baby, Atlas. So we'll see how well this goes. He's being good for now. But I'm going to ask him some questions. Justin was my college roommate, and, and back then it was just by accident. We didn't get to pick or, or choose or anything like that. So um, he, he went to architecture school, worked at an architecture firm for a while, and then moved on to development work at universities. And maybe he can speak a little bit to, uh, about that. But uh, Miedema, I don't even know how to explain who Miedema is, but I'll give a little story and maybe this will explain him. So <laughs> back in the day, watching critiques was like a sport to me. I don't even know if you knew this. Because I loved, I loved seeing people get ripped apart. And even if you got a good project, a professor will come out of left field with a, you know, just because they're at a different place or, or whatever and hit you. So Miedema's up, and I, we've been best friends probably since, you know, I don't know, probably took you a while to warm up to me. But so I was just waiting, like they're gonna hit him with something on his thesis. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna hit him with something where what is Miedema gonna say? And it was the smoothest presentation ever. You had them like eating out of the palms of your hands. It's like, oh man, he didn't even, <laughs> they didn't even get him once. So uh, he's a really cool, straightforward, reliable, awesome guy. And uh, he's here visiting, so I had to ask him some of his best and worst advice. So if there's anything, Miedema, you want to fill in about my little description about you, or just hit us with uh, your best advice. I hadn't thought about that presentation till uh, today. <laughs> Never looked back. But, uh, yeah, when I found out I was going to be rooming with uh, Al Gore, I was like, oh, God, this is going to be crazy. But, uh, yeah, it went on it was, to it – yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Uh, went on into moved on into higher education development, but um, for worst and best advice for me, I think uh, the worst advice uh, along the way being asked to cut somebody out of a process just because they might be difficult or that department or this group um, it might be a little painful, but when the the win or the upside to keeping them in the fold uh, has huge payoff, I think it's worth um, getting through that to, to clarify on that. Would you ever say you have to make a judgment, meaning let's say someone says, cut this person out, and you say, okay, I won't because they're going to be great, or you know where I'm going with this, or would you ever cut someone out because you know that they're not going to add anything? You get where I'm saying? Yeah, the reverse is very true. You should figure out who to cut out when the win isn't there. So, um, And then I'd say on uh, best advice, this came from my first uh, boss at an architectural firm, Jeffrey Grice, out in Bellevue, Washington. And he always said, uh, if it, yeah, yeah, Mulvaney G2, now MG2 in uh, Seattle, Washington. Um, Jeff kind of said, I I remember him saying, if it's going to take three emails, you should just pick up the phone. And I think in this day and age, um, you know, face to face is becoming very rare, but now more so voice to voice is. And sometimes there are just those issues in project management or whatever your field or work where it behooves you to actually just pick up the phone. So even in my world, I'll pick up the phone and I'll leave a voicemail. And then if it requires rush attention, I'll follow up with an email, but you still have that personal touch. Um, And you can make sure email can be the way you write. It can be misinterpreted. You can come off like an idiot or the tone yeah there's no tone or people read it differently so i think having that conversation and and if you happen to catch that person on the phone you're gonna get a lot more out of your time uh compared to sitting there typing at the keys for 10 minutes yeah so i I absolutely agree with that i'll hit you with a a, a fast pitch here (laughs) he's to reach in for stuff um so you started in architecture and then you moved out of architecture it, there, we know another person, uh, we've talked about him, Matt Perry, kind of did the same thing and then came back. Do you want to talk about that, that process or if anyone – should they be afraid of that? Is that natural? Should you look outside of architecture? I, I don't know, but, but hit us with that. Yeah, I think you got to love what you're doing. And uh, for me, I, I wanted to – as I, I exited, I said I wanted to have my ability form – Uh, relationships with people to have more of a direct impact on my day-to-day deliverable and I think 
if you're leading a firm or you're in marketing, yeah, it's face-to-face. You're out selling, building client base, et cetera. But I just wasn't feeling that in that I didn't want to put in my dues there for 10 years. But um, I think that's really what led me out. And now I'm in, in fundraising for higher education. It's purely relational-based. And I'm working with people uh, face-to-face every day. Did anything in architecture school help you out in another profession as a crossover? And you don't have to like placate to architecture. Is there anything oh. real? Absolutely. I tell everyone I wouldn't trade my education or the time at uh, MG2 or uh, JLG back in the upper Midwest uh, for anything because project management and uh, being in the middle of these huge projects uh, is definitely a transferable skill. And then in school, creativity, thinking outside the box, coming at it from different angles. I realize more and more now that I'm not in the field that that's a skill you do pick up and in school. We kind of take it for granted among probably a lot of people listening to this right now, but uh, the, the ability to think creatively really sets you apart in a lot of industries. Yeah. And then I, I just remember you were at some school doing uh, your fundraising and you were making posters and, and things like that or, or flyers. And you're like, if I wasn't in architecture school, I couldn't just, I'd have to have someone do this for me where you can just, you know, hit it out of the park. Yeah, thanks, bud. <laughs> well, thanks for that. Anything anything before we sign off? Nope, he's good. Um, so we'll hear Lance's response, and uh, thanks a lot, Minima. That was good. You are, again, uh, I've, I've always admired, just so you know, just for the record, I've always admired your presentation and speaking skills 100%. So going back to that, about uh, how can we take some of these lessons and ingrain them, and how do we pass them on maybe to our employees? Because... Remember what he did in his presentation was he flew out to Seattle. before Went and interviewed the people. And he interviewed big people, like I almost swear city council people or war district people or whatever. So then when he did his presentation, he's like, here's my idea. Here's what everyone in the city said, even big people. So here's how I adjusted it. And then it looked like the perfect solution. Well, honestly, I have an answer. And I think, I think it's leading by example and never pulling the veil in front of our guys. Like you brought Mark to uh, a meeting yesterday, right? Yep. To, uh, uh, like a selling meeting. Yes. But, but you know what I mean? Like remember a couple podcasts ago, we said, if you're doing a development project, go talk with city council and it hit us because our lawyer told us to. Well, Minima told us to do that 10 years ago. It's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but we were, we were on that track. You, you say well, we you, were on that track because we did call him, and he was a city council exactly, person too. So. Exactly, exactly. So we were on that track. So don't like discount it totally. But but uh, how how do you do that? I think I just gotta lead by example and just tell the truth and say this is what we're doing, and yeah. be honest about it and why we're doing it, and then see what see what see what the guys think. Maybe some of our guys are like, why would you, you know? They'll just ask us, why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you not do that? Have you thought about this? Maybe they have an idea. I don't know. Yeah. And then the the only other, other reaction I have is the soft plug about creativity. And we and that's what I think is so great about I'm I'm gonna be selfish, the creativity code is I think we take all this Pick for it up on Amazon. Pick it up. It's a book we wrote and it's where I, the engineers, the engineers we teach who don't think they're creative, and then you just give them these simple visual tools and they are amazing. They are amazing, yeah. So, so yeah. If you don't have it, buy the book, I'll tell you how to do it. It's awesome. I have three things. Number one, how many best friends do you actually have? Did I say he's my best friend? Yes. Oh, you, Nicholas, Meads, Maddie P, Caleb. Oh, come on. There's like, I know there's at least three or four more you're Annie, forgetting. Atlas. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know what? I, whoever's <laughs> listening to this right now, you're my best friend. You're my best friend, yeah. Alex has a lot of best friends. Yeah. He's, people like him. Uh, <laughs> The, the the second thing is uh, cutting versus keeping. Yeah, what do you? Man, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. That is a I totally I one hundred. That's the fact that you know Justin said he didn't say that you should have forty thousand for perspective, but that was what I took from it was okay. Like, do you hire this person or fire this person, and what's the or what is the ultimate goal? Like, is it worth it to stick it out for you? And I think you just have to. The, the important part is to weigh that, at least weigh it, and not just make a rash decision. So to go back to Al's rash decision. Which one? <laughs> the act <laughs> where you were playing me and I oh, was a yeah. yeah. All right, I'm out of um, here. I don't know. I, 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 you just got to have the, the internal dialogue. There you go. Just make sure you at least vet it a little bit. And I think we have a client. No, that's Josh coming in. Yep. Um, 
So I don't know. You just have to maybe don't make the rash decision. So maybe I'm going to retract and, and walk this one back and say, don't do what I wanted to do was at what Al did in our little play game that we did earlier yep. in the podcast. But maybe you don't do but, that. But let's think about this. Did I call you after that meeting and talk to you about it or not? I thought it was in. Usually in, I do. Usually if I have a meeting like that or Al has a meeting like that or something, yeah. like we'll call and we'll talk and we'll kind of hash it out. But think about it in this way. Me and you have a firm grasp of where our firm is right now. We have no, we know how much work is going on. We know how busy the guys are. We know how much work is coming down the pipeline based off of how many meetings we have and our conversion rate of those meetings, right? So that guy, you can have an instant, you could have almost an instant judgment of what, because you know how much of a fee we would normally get for that project that you would have bet on, right? Without just like skyrocketing it. With Miedema, maybe he's going after, let's say his group has to raise, or his college has to raise $100 million, $200 million, right? They don't know the answers to all, like they're at, you know, 5% of knowing how to do all that, where I think maybe we, in that case, we had more information whether to cut, but that's why I thought it was interesting that that story and then what Miedema says is, I think you just got to weigh it and then... Maybe, maybe it is, maybe the answer is what you said is like, you, you, you calm down, you know, maybe it was a miscommunication. Uh, maybe you could make some profit. Maybe you could deal with this. Maybe you could pass that guy off to me, which I would not want in this case. But then also maybe it's no, no done, but at least you've weighed the whole thing. Okay, good. Uh, third thing is pick up the phone. Awesome. Because that happened to me today, just this morning before we we started recording the podcast. Was there was uh, an email that there was literally I think we hit the three email. It was going to be a third email back, and I go. This again is this idea that this co- this client has is not coming through in written format. So I just need to pick up the phone call, and then we put them on speaker and we hash it out and we figured out the problem. So I've been trying to be better about that about. Just, just call people. Just call people. Yep. And, and try to balance, do a balanced approach of email, text, calling, whatever, video conferencing. I don't know. Yep. But be balanced. Don't just stick to one little thing. I've, I've been telling um, my clients when I'm going to give it a proposal that I'm going to research and see what we need for the city. Perfect example of this is Frisco. I've done a couple of projects. I swear you've done a project in Frisco. No. You haven't? Okay. Um, with Where Fernando went up and talked to the city? Was that my project? That was Breckenridge. Oh, that was Breck. Yeah. Okay. Close. Close. It's actually really, really close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I've done a couple projects in there. And instead of uh, just relying on what I need for this house edition, because every city, they'll have, they have so many chapters of code. They have so many different things. I called up the guy, obviously left a voicemail. He called me the next day and he's like, okay, just look at this chapter and this chapter. And they're like, okay. I don't have to relook through everything again. Yeah. So even if you think you know, I would just say, just give a call. I'll point you. Give it a call. All clear. right. And uh, next up with that, we will have code questions. Woo! Double time. We all know Alexander is going to continue his streak. 100%. So here we go. Just to recap. The streak continues. I've never gotten one wrong. <laughs> all right. So you are the next test you're taking. For the ARE, right? Yeah. Architectural registration exams. Yep. Are, are, will deal with what? They're 5.0. So they're going to deal with building systems, um, building design. What's B? B what's BDCS, building design and construction, construction systems. systems. Structurals. Yep. And site planning. Perfect. So, so uh, every, everything applies. Everything for these questions I'm about to read you today. Oh, for the ARE, everything always applies. It all, every, the whole world applies. The whole <laughs> world uh, except for site planning. So we'll see. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yep. Chapter 18, Soils and Foundations. 1807.1.6.2, Concrete Foundation Walls. Okay. Yep. Concrete cover for reinforcement measured from the inside face of the wall shall not be less than what? A, three quarters of an inch. B, one inch. C, one and a half inches. D, two inches. Now repeat the question one more time. Concrete cover for reinforcement measured from the inside face of the concrete wall shall not be less than what? A, three quarters of an inch. B, one inch. C, one and a half inches. D, two inches. And I got one of these questions on my structures test, just so you know. Yeah. So there's another rule that the it has to be what? It has to be bigger than the aggregate, too. Yes. Um, the distance has to be bigger than the aggregate, correct. Yep, and and your spacing of your rebar cannot be 
closer than the, the aggregate. Correct. Because it's got to be a consistent matrix. I want to say one and a half. The streak, the streak continues, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Three quarters of an inch. Oh, there we go. There okay, follow-up question, though. Yep. So this is a two-part question. Yeah, but Con- we ne- yeah. So I, I won't say but. No one ever make, has it that close. We do two inches. We do two inches for foundation walls. Uh, like for basements that are eight feet or taller, I, I prescribe two inches on yeah. the inside. Yeah, from the inside because uh, that's where the tension is. Okay, <clears throat> so... Uh, second part of the question, concrete cover for reinforcement measured from the outside face of the wall shall not oh. be less than one what? and a half inch. Ding, 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 ding. Boom, 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 I, didn't, I, didn't even, I didn't even read the, <laughs> we'll just give him that because he's, he didn't even need to know all the various answers. Yeah. See, that's the problem is maybe that's, a, that's where your ARE tricks you up, right? Because it gives you all these multiple choices when yeah. you just effing knew it. Yeah. You just effing knew it. But um, I would say I would not know the three quarters because we normally do two. So, yeah. Okay, next chapter, chapter 19, concrete. This applies to Mr. Al. 1904.2, non-structural concrete. This applies for like uh, uh, architects because we, some people are supposed to specify non-structural concrete, right? Like the PSI. Okay. So non-structural concrete. Non-structural concrete shall have a minimum specified compressive strength of what? A, 2,000 PSI. B, 2,500 PSI. C, 3,000 PSI. D, 3,500 PSI. Let's just go with the lowest because it's non-structural. A, our Al is going with A, 2,000 PSI. He is incorrect. Oh, first the, time ever. First time. Who knew? Yeah. The, the, the correct answer is B, 2,500 PSI. Huh. Minimum for non-structural concrete. So we're talking sidewalks, uh, slab on grade type of thing. Yeah, perfect. Uh, uh, please, during these questions, keep referring to me as Mr. Mr. Al. Mr. Al. Mr. Al, question number four. I've got seven of these babies today. We Whoa. Are, yeah, we're flying through them. One nine, so same chapter, 1907.1, minimum slab provisions. Okay. The thickness of concrete floor slabs supported directly on the ground shall not be less than how many inches? A, three inches. B, three and a half inches. C, four inches. D, five inches. Three. Incorrect. Three and a half. I swear we've done some three inch. Don't do that. <laughs> Quit breaking code. Stop doing that. Don't you think we have? <laughs> what? It's three and a half. You know why it's three and a half? Why? Because if you put the, re- if you put the, me- if, well, no, maybe this might not be right. Yeah, yeah. I, here's what I think it is. Here's my, my hypothesis, okay? Let's say you call out number four bars. In a, in a slab, which, yep. which would be too much. Like, we usually do number threes. Yep. So, if we did number fours, <clears throat> then you got to account for that half inch, right? Yep. And then you would have one and a half inches on either side, right? So, it kind of applies to that, like, distance. Well, you only need... But you're supposed to put it at the top of the slab anyway, so... Yeah, and then three quarters. Um, and FYI, rebar, when it's uh, number... Whatever the number is, that's over eight. So, three eights, number three, yep. four eights. Okay, uh, this is yeah. a true or false, okay? Oh, true. Uh, which is uh, a follow-up to the, the last question. Is a 6 mil polyethylene vapor barrier required, true or false? True or, you know what? True or false or maybe false. underneath the slab. I'm gonna, you could have three options here, true or false or maybe. Wait, was the, uh, what, was the, what was the purpose of the slab before? Which, the one I'm asking about right now? Yeah. Exactly. So, the, uh, yeah, I see where you're going. You're thinking, you're thinking, you're thinking. Yeah. It's good. Uh, there's many many purposes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, nor yeah. maybe. So, maybe. Maybe is a good answer yeah. because there's exceptions to the rule. So, yeah. the way I understood it in the IBC is that if you're putting a slab on grade and it's in a basement, in other words, it's going to be a heated space, yep. you've got to have a vapor barrier because there's going to be a difference between the that time. ground temperature and then the conditioned air, right? Yep. If it's a non-conditioned space, you don't have to do it. Okay. So that's that's the rule of thumb. Yeah. So like in our garages but, uh, for yes. the condos, not going to have to do it. Right. Unless they're conditioned. Which, yep. Were you going to say something? Nope. Okay. Moving on, Mr. Al. Yes. Chapter 21, ma- Masonry Fireplaces. Uh, 2111.3, footings and foundations. Footings. 
for masonry foundation, masonry fireplaces and their chimneys shall be constructed of concrete or solid masonry at least how thick, okay? Footings for masonry fireplaces and their chimneys shall be constructed of concrete or solid masonry at least how thick? A, 6 inches. B, 8 inches. C, 10 inches. D, 12 inches. Minimum thickness of the footing. What? <laughs> this is where... It, it, I understand why they're asking the question, but if I was designing it, I'd say, oh, I have a 2 by 6 wall, I have brick, then I have a 8-inch, you know, whatever. So I would just design it with while I'm doing it. In other the, words, like it would... It would that, become logical when you're designing and laying it out. Does that make sense? Well, let me fit, let me ask you. So yeah. here's what I was going to ask is, it would, would it become logical because you're just going to follow the lead of like what the other thickness of the found, the foundation is for everything else and you just match it? Yeah, sort of. You would be incorrect. Yeah. You would be incorrect. Um, you would be incorrect. Um, well, I'd be over-designing. Is you, that what you're saying? Because there's You'd be under-designing. So like just, uh, so for our typical... Our typical houses down here, we usually do 20 inch wide footings by 10 inch, 20 inch wide by 10 inch thick. Yes. That's just for us. That's kind of where we feel comfortable and like yeah. it and all that crap. If we followed that lead, we'd be, and it was a commercial building or actually a, a fireplace. This. So you're saying the answer is above 10 inches. Correct. So what were my options? 10 and 12? Yes. It's 12. It's 12. <laughs> <laughs> Street continues. Yes. All right. All right. Follow up. Follow up to this, and I. This is the last question of the day. Uh, so this is part B of that last question. How far shall the footings extend past the face of the fireplace or foundation wall on all sides? A four inches. B six inches. C eight inches. D ten inches. Do, I don't know. Six inches. Boom. Look at this guy. Best day continues. And with that, uh, thanks for everybody for listening. If you haven't already, follow us on the Facebook, the yep. Twitter. If you feel like giving a review, please do. Uh, on iTunes, you can do it on your phone. Drop us a line, akgff at f9productions.com. We're all over the internet. Not hard to find F9 Productions. Thanks a lot, everyone. See you next week.